This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. NTL Now is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Mansfield University, Max Driving Academy, and the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, Northern Tier League sports fans, to another edition of the NTL Now podcast. As always, Shane Wilbur here with you and ready to go for yet one more great week of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. I'm telling you, we've got a stacked and loaded edition coming up here as the podcast goes on. Of course, coming up this week, hey, we are actually going to have an appearance from Joe Carrion. That's right. Joe, unfortunately, hasn't been around for the first couple. You know, he's been busy on the journalistic side, but uh, Joe this week's going to make some time. We'll have him in a segment coming up here in just a little bit. Also, a little bit later on in the podcast this week, we will talk with White Losing Rams head football coach Jim Buckman, and we will preview the Rams' upcoming matchup with Athens this Friday night. We'll talk with Coach Buckman on how his team is preparing for that and also get his reaction on some other happenings around the Northern Tier League as well. And, of course, We'll have a week three Northern Tier League football preview coming up with Brian Fees from the Tawana Daily Review. That is on the horizon as well here on the NTL Now podcast this week. Now, of course, this week has been filled with many uh, headlines, I guess you could say, here in the Northern Tier League. Of course, none bigger than the reactions and or uh, effects that is being felt right now in the NTL by some positive tests on the COVID-19 front. Of course, uh, unfortunately, we saw the Canton football program and then eventually the Canton school district get shut down this week until October 13th before they will resume any kind of extracurricular or educational uh, fronts uh, as far as in-person learning goes there. And other sports, of course, affected this week. Uh, I saw a tweet and a report from the Daily Review's Brian Fees that the Tawanda JV and varsity volleyball teams, they would also have to be quarantined for a period of time coming up as well. Uh, Troy boys and girls soccer teams also being affected as well, uh, not from anything of their own doing, but with the co-op with uh, the Canton area schools, unfortunately that has left both teams uh, a little bit uh, on the downside when it comes to numbers. So we'll have to see how the effects go uh, with those teams and programs as well. But uh, unfortunately, uh, this is the reality that we are living in right now here in the Northern Tier League. Right now, the only thing we can do is support. And I think support is the best thing we can do to help not only uh, our teachers, our educators, our administrations uh, get through this. I think what we have to do right now is just, you know, kind of lean in a positive direction and know that, yes, this is a time that is frustrating for everybody. But hopefully, you know, as time goes on, let's put the trust in the administrators, the athletic directors and everybody who have uh, come across the uh, way to help develop some of these COVID plans that were put in place before the sports seasons even began to uh, trust their judgment and let's see you know where we go from here I, I don't know nobody knows exactly where it is we go from here but I, I think the best thing we can do right now is just lend a uh, positive ear you know that positive uh, gratitude support and just put the trust into the folks who uh, you know are entrusted with making these decisions to help keep our, our students our staff 
uh, our, our players, our athletes, our coaches, everybody just safe in any kind of uh, proximity. Now, of course, that all uh, leads into as well uh, House Bill 2787, of course, which was on the docket in the Pennsylvania government this week. Of course, Governor Wolf vetoing the House Bill 2787, which was, of course, going to give uh, school districts kind of more control over crowds and such like that. And, of course, we saw that get vetoed by Governor Wolf earlier this week. We'll get uh, our state representative, Clint Allett, his reaction. That'll be coming up to that, and that'll be something that I will talk with Joe Carry on as well with uh, here in just a little while as well. But, uh, you know, for the most part, let's, uh, you know, lend any kind of support we can uh, to our school districts and uh, do our part in helping to make sure that we can keep uh, everybody safe and uh, have some successful sports seasons along the way. And like I said, I know it's going to be tough and frustrating at times, but we all just have to keep working together. So we will stay NTL strong as much as we can. And uh, hopefully, you know, things will be back and better than ever before we know it. And that's all we can really do, right? So let's continue on here with the NTL Now podcast coming up here in just a bit. I did mention House Bill 2787. That's right. We'll get some reactions from that with Joe Carrion. And of course, we'll have the Clint Allett reaction. That's right. State Representative Clint Allett. We have an audio clip of his coming up here in just a bit as well. So hang around. We're just getting started here on the NTL Now podcast this week. We're going to step aside, though. We're going to get a quick message from our friends at Circle W Sports. And when we come back, it's my time with Joe Carrion. We get to welcome him back right here on the NTL Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. I was shocked that, that we didn't get the override today. I really thought we would. Uh, we voted this on September 2nd. We had 155 votes. That's a lot of votes. We only needed 135 today to override the governor's veto, um, and we only got 130. So there were a lot of people that flipped their votes from September 2nd, and we need to call them out. You know, I don't know what changed. Obviously, now all of a sudden, they do not want to stand with their parents and with the grandparents and the, the folks in their district that want to go see uh, their kids and grandkids play sports. So they deserted them this week and they voted and they changed, they flipped. And there's a lot of politics I'm sure being played out here, but in my mind, it's unacceptable. They're holding kids back and, and, and parents back and grandparents back in my district by flipping their vote from where they were at. So where we go from here, we'll see, but it, it's discouraging to see um, these games being played down here. Um, but we stood, I stood for what was right, and that's to give our local school districts control. They know their, their, their venues, they know uh, how to best keep people safe in their districts. Um, and I voted for them today. I voted for the parents, voted for the grandparents, and ultimately the kids who, wanna, who want their parents and grandparents there to support them and cheer them on. And we are back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And what you just heard was a reaction from State Representative Clint Owlett on his disappointment with the uh, 
non-ability to uh, get the veto override from Governor Wolf's uh, vetoing of House Bill 2787, of course, which would have put uh, more power in the school district's hands for fans. But of course, uh, you know, enough out of me here uh, so far in the early going of the podcast. It's time to welcome in uh, my co-host, my cohort, who has been with me uh, from the get-go, Joe Carrion, making his first appearance here in the fall season. And uh, Joe, you know, as we welcome you in here, uh, a lot of disappointment, I think, uh, amongst fans here as far as uh, House Bill 2787 went and uh, not being able to get passed. Yeah, it, it is disappointing. I think ultimately what should have happened is I think this veto override should have gone through. But, you know, you had a lot. You had, I think, about 25 House Democrats that, you know, flip-flopped their vote. I'm sure you already heard all this from Representative Allen, But uh, I think the power should have been put in the hands of the schools, ultimately. that That's what needed to happen. Because I think a lot of the schools, especially the ones in the NTL, they're going to be responsible. You know, we're already seeing Canton. Uh, they've, they've closed school for two weeks. They're going to be smart. They're not going to put fans and the students and the, and the athletes in, in danger. So it is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate vote, but, uh, we'll just see what our constituents can do down in Harrisburg. So, you know, now that, uh, you know, the, the veto override has failed, uh, House Bill 2787 uh, did not uh, come to fruition. Uh, do you think it's almost a hindsight 2020 situation, uh, given the fact that now we are starting to see, uh, you know, some some spikes in different areas of the state? I mean, do you think maybe it is uh, kind of more important that we do heed maybe some of these cautions to keep crowd control down? Um, I, I, I think crowd control is, there, there's so many differing opinions on it. I, I'm going to stick to my belief that I think you still should put it in the hands of the schools because, like I said, I think schools are going to be cautious. Just just give them back control, and we're going to see them make smart decisions. I don't think that, you know, like we, like we said, can shut down school for two weeks because of a spike in cases. They're not going to go fill a football stadium, packed house, and uh, put everyone at risk. I, I think that we need to just let, let the schools make the decisions themselves. I mean, it, it is America, but ultimately we right now are in an, in an emergency declaration and Governor Wolf has the final say, and I think he, he's going by what he feels is best for everyone right now. Just right now, whether we like it or not, we have to respect it. You know, and the respect factor that you mentioned there, I think, is the one of the key words anyway. I mean, you know, no matter if you if you enjoy what it is he has put out as far as legislation goes, no matter if you uh, dislike him, I will say this. The one thing you can't fault him on is flip flopping, wavering, being kind of wishy washy. He is stuck to his guns through and through throughout this entire uh, pandemic. Yeah, I mean, we've known where he stands. He just he wants to stop the spread. And I think overall, if you look at what our state has done as far as this pandemic, we have been, I believe, on the lower side of num of numbers uh, nationwide. So I think if you look at the results, we have done some good things, but it, it's just tough because sports are an, are an emotional thing and uh, parents want to see their kids play. Grandparents want to see their kids play. So it, it's just tough. Um, I, I'm going to stick to my opinion that I do think schools should have been given control because, like I said, we've seen that schools are being responsible. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I disagree because I totally do. You know, I believe that not only the, the school districts that, uh, you know, should have the power to be able to control crowds as far as size and capacity and such, but just, you know, that uh, fans themselves 
I believe should, you know, have that right and should be, you know, trusted with the responsibility to go and be able to support and, you know, kind of uh, work within the realms of what we have and be able to at least just make it a, a great environment uh, for everybody. And I think, you know, given the fact that we know we have to be cautious, we know that, you know, we have to be kind of respectful of one another, I think is uh, something that we just kind of have to trust fans with. But, uh, you know, for that, it is going to be, you know, a, another battle for another day. And right now we just uh, have what we have. Of course, we've seen, uh, you know, some un unconstitutional uh, waivers being thrown about uh, in some parts of the state. So who knows where that will lead to a different point. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, that right there was probably uh, enough politics for me to talk uh, in this podcast for uh, enough of time. But, uh, Joe, you know, it's been uh, a while since we've uh, had the time to catch up here. I know you've been busy kind of working on sports tabs and such with the Canton Sentinel. Uh, kudos to you and the staff for uh, new locations and such like that uh, with the Canton Sentinel. But uh, also, I'm uh, kind of curious to see you know what uh, reactions you have here in the early going of this football season and or sports seasons well i mean i i think we've probably already touched on it and, and it's been kind of the talk around here a while is man what a great old shoe game between troy and can i mean both teams just played their hearts out and what a finish i mean just for canton to be down with three minutes to go and, and come back it just shows how much guts and heart this this school has and those kids have and this town you know and and i mean my hats off to the troy kids too they they played a heck of a game you couldn't ask for a better old shoe game and that one's going to go down and and i believe the history books of probably arguably one of the best old shoe games i mean i'm not really familiar with the history of it overall but arguably i think that's got to be one of the best matchups we've seen between those two schools uh troy i mean they they bounced back well against Wanda last week with a 35 nothing shutout. Um, uh, talking to Coach Smith, it sounds like that he still feels they've left some things on the table, but overall he's happy with how they've they've rebounded. And now they uh, go into North Penn this weekend. I think they got a little bit of a tough task on their hands because North Penn, even though they had no off-season work, they beat Wellsboro 17-14. That's not one that I called. I figured Wellsboro would walk away with it just because that team has been preparing and preparing all offseason. But, hey, North, North Penn continues to be a, a staple in the NTL. That's very true. And, of course, you know, we'll have more uh, football talk coming up here a little bit later on. You know, the week three preview coming up with uh, Brian Fees as we catch up with him. But, of course, you know, as you touched on it, you know, and you did mention kind of a shocker last week, North Penn Mansfield, you know, coming away with the victory over Wellsboro. I mean, given the fact that it was the Jones Trophy game, the rivalry game. But, yeah, North Penn Mansfield, I mean, they were on the short end of the stick as far as preseason work goes. I mean, there were reports that, you know, the, the Southern Tioga School District, even uh, Coach Dickinson, you know, the, the, the limitations as far as even contact with players this summer was uh, kind of a, a crazy to be able to not even have any kind of offseason workout. So, I mean, it's just uh, absolutely crazy to see and, uh, you know, glad to see uh, Coach uh, Dickinson and North Penn Mansfield get off to a good start. And as you said, big one coming up this week with the Trojans. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of North Penn success uh, against Wellsboro, it's just a testament to the program and culture that Dickinson has built overall over his time with with North Penn. Um, those kids know what they got to do. They know what the system is, and even though they didn't get in a lot of offseason work, they really executed well. And man, I, if I go go to a, a big play in that game, it's just uh, you know Bogachik taking that uh, interception back to the house. That was the that was the game that tied the game up, and then they were able to kick a field goal to go ahead. But man. 
hats off to that kid for uh, really turning the tables in uh, the Wellsboro North 10 matchup. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's definitely going to be uh, something crazy. And of course, you know, now we, we kind of sit and wait and wonder, you know, what is going to happen here uh, with the uh, Canton Athletics and, uh, you know, the yep. schools and everything else. And, you know, we really hope and uh, send out great wishes, uh, not only uh, to the Canton School District, but also, you know, other school districts around the area who may indeed uh, be having some uh, COVID effects going uh, through not only their schools, but also their uh, athletic programs as well. And definitely, you know, we want to see speedy recoveries here. We want to see quarantines done, uh, everything done uh, with all of the health and safety protocols that schools have in place. And uh, we want to see athletes and uh, schools fully functional again here in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, we all want to get through this. We want to get back to things being normal. Um, we want football on Friday nights. We want to fill the stands. You know, we want uh, went to a volleyball game last week. I covered Canton Tawanda. It was it was odd being in a an empty gymnasium. You know, because those those volleyball games were in such a crowd and such intensity. And uh, you know, let's just get through this and get back to being normal. Let's do what we have to do to. Uh, get back to normal hey you know what i uh, could not echo those sediments anymore now of course uh, joe Carrion, i know that uh, you know you've got a another busy time ahead of you but uh, i do want to take uh, some time quick and just say uh, thanks for making a little bit of availability here this week uh, the fans were asking you know where's joe and uh, we had to make sure that uh, we got a little uh, joe carry on appearance this week and uh, joe you know hopefully as soon as things uh, get back to a little bit of normalcy uh, we'll be able to do this uh, at a desk sitting across from each other but hey you know what right now we're just we're doing this social distance style right now joe and at least we're making it happen for the fans absolutely and i think if i'm correct shane and i are probably about an eighth of a mile apart right now so we're, <laughs> we're we're doing a good job with this whole thing hey you can't ask for uh, better social distancing than that that's for sure but uh joe continue <laughs> on with the great things going on uh with the canton independent sentinel remember folks uh, you can check out joe and his staff's work at myweeklysentinel.com and uh, check out all the great things going on there. So, Joe, uh, we'll keep up the remote uh, access going here, and hopefully uh, next week we'll be able to make some time and uh, do this again. Sounds good, buddy. All right, that is Joe Carrion, of course, from the Canned Independent Sentinel, my co-host and partner, uh, stopping in this week, and uh, we'll catch up with him at a later time. Now, of course, uh, coming up here as the NTL Now podcast continues, we've got more fun to be had. We've got Wyatt Losing head coach Jim Buckman on the horizon. And, of course, we'll talk with Brian Fees from the Tawanda Daily Review here in just a little bit. But right now, let's uh, take a side and, uh, you know, we'll uh, thank some more sponsors coming up right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy.
Here's a message for any and all parents that may be tuned in right now to the podcast. Remember, you know, you probably have those stresses, the anxiety, knowing that you have a teenager who's ready to drive, that learner's permit is in hand, and you are just not ready to take them out on the road. Well, guess what? Now you can pass that torch off to Max Driving Academy in Canton. Let Tim McInich teach your child how to drive, and you can, well, save on the nerves and anxiety and know that you'll have a safe and responsible driver on the road when all is done. So call Tim McInich today, Max Driving Academy in Canton, 570-404-7815. That's Max Driving Academy in Canton. And welcome back here, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the NTL Now podcast as we continue on. And of course, what good would the NTL Now podcast be without a little bit of a recap in some earlier action here in the Northern Tier League this week? I know we usually do this uh, towards the beginning of the podcast, but well, had a lot going on this week. So, you know, we're going to kind of uh, put it right here in the middle. So, yes, just, uh, you know, bear with us here this week on this week's episode. But uh, I do have have to issue some apologies because eh, well you know sometimes you can uh, kind of get caught up in things and uh, I had to be reminded and I apologize to any and all of the uh, cross-country fans last week I messed up scores I apologize I totally blanked that uh, low score wins in cross-country my apologies I will try to do better next time Thank you for uh, understanding. I appreciate that. All right, let's quickly uh, hit the scoreboard here on some happenings in the Northern Tier League this week. Uh, as of uh, some of the midpoint uh, games this week, girls soccer action, a big one for Wyalusing as they topped North Penn Mansfield 7 to nothing. Saw Haley Jane had a really good game there for the Lady Rams. Uh, Northeast Bradford and Williamson uh, duel it out to a 1-1 tie. Golf matchups uh, at Shepherd Hills this week. North Penn Mansfield continues to be dominant. They shoot the low score of 367 as a team. Wellsboro, Sare, Kalineski Valley round out the top four in that one. Hey, let's get to some boys cross country this week as well. Uh, Y-Losing uh, upends Northeast Bradford uh, by a score of 46 to 15. Also in uh, boys cross country action, it is Athens who scores 21 to Troy's 38. Tawanda with 23. North Penn Mansfield 34. And Tawanda topping Sare as the Wanda boys score 15 and Sarah 50 in girls cross country action. Wyalusing over Northeast Bradford 20 to 35. Troy tops Athens 21 to 40 and Tawanda over Sarah 15 to 50. North Penn Mansfield also topping Tawanda. 22-35. Let's quickly hit the volleyball scoreboard this week. Uh, Northeast Bradford with a win over Troy, three sets to two. Girls tennis, Tawanda upends North Penn Liberty, four matchups to one. And in other golfing action this week uh, around the league, Tawanda would finish second at Eaglesmere Country Club as they would only uh, be bested by Sugar Valley Rural Charter in uh, action there earlier this week as well. So just uh, some earlier NTL action uh, coming up here or from rather this uh, week in the Northern Tier League. And again, uh, kudos to all of our athletes who uh, continue on here with the regular season. And, uh, you know, we'll hope to catch up around the league as well uh, with some other great uh, things going on, not only in uh, girls soccer, but also, uh, you know, boys soccer, cross country, and also on the volleyball side as well. I've seen uh, some accolades being patched uh, around here in the NTL as far as, uh, you know, some 
big things going on. We'll have to uh, catch up with that as the league goes on. But uh, again, want to remind you, hey, you want to check out the Northern Tier League scoreboard or just happenings in the NTL, hey, make sure you check out uh, my good friend Chris Manning. He's been doing some great things this year with the Northern Tier Sports Report. You can see that online at ntsportsreport.com as well. And of course, uh, you know, speaking of uh, great people in the media, you know, our uh, mainstay at the Tawana Daily Review, Brian Fees, he's going to be along here in just a little while as well. So we'll talk with him, get the uh, NTL Week 3 preview for football. But coming up here in just a bit, we are going to talk with Wyalusing head coach Jim Buckman. We'll preview the Rams Week 3 matchup with Athens as well as what's led to the Rams 2-0 start. So yes, that is on the horizon. So folks, don't go anywhere. Go uh, grab a drink. Go uh, grab uh, maybe a little snack, a candy bar, maybe some popcorn or something. Get right back because the NTL Now podcast rolls on. We'll be back with head coach Jim Buckman in just a short after this here on the NTL Now podcast. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education with more than 40 degree programs. From two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education, making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. The Wyalusing Rams football team is 2-0 to start the season after wins over Tawanda and Kalineski Valley, and it gives me great pleasure right now to welcome in the head man of the Wyalusing Rams football program, Jimmy Buckman, and uh, Coach Buckman, congratulations on the uh, 2-0 start. Good uh, way to start the season for the Ram program. Yeah, it feels great. I mean, I mean to me, like this is where we, we, we expect it to be at this point. You know, from all the hard work we've been putting in the last two years, you know, building our program up, building the numbers in the weight room, and then the number of kids that we have in our in our junior high or junior varsity and varsity. I mean, we expect to be at this point. Um, real tough challenge we have tomorrow, though. So that, that's going to be a tough one. All right. So, you know, let's kind of uh, just revert factor here before we get into the Athens matchup. Just kind of, you know, talk about your team a little bit. The off season, obviously, you know, the challenges that were that, uh, you know, every team had to go through. I mean, how did you and uh, your kids kind of balance everything uh, with the off season workouts this summer? Well, good question, because prior to that, I mean, we I'm sure like other teams, um, you know, in our league in District 4, we had great weight room involvement. We had great numbers. And then we kind of got hit with the. Uh, you know, with the quarantine thing, um, you know, every school district basically shut down. So the hardest part for me, I'm sure other coaches feel the same way, is keeping in touch, communication with the players. And, and first and foremost, making sure they're doing something and not kind of sitting around and, you know, putting on 20 pounds of fat, which, you know, well, obviously wouldn't be good for us. So, I mean, we try to put weight programs, you know, together for them. Um, we fundraise a little bit to get them, you know, individual things where they can do some stuff at home. Um I mean, that's, that's kind of where we were, just making sure they were doing stuff, making sure they're keeping their grades up, you know, their academics are still important, but just making sure that they're doing something at home that involves physical activity, whether it's running or playing basketball or lifting weights or push-ups. That, to me, was the biggest challenge that we faced. Now, of course, that was past, and now here we sit in the present, you know, and unfortunately, you know, news breaks this week that unfortunately, you know, Canton is going to have to uh, kind of sit down here for a couple of weeks. They are on the sidelines now until uh, October 13th with their athletics. I mean, how do you look at your kids, you know, that are 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds and say, guys, you know, we have to be very responsible because, you know, look at, uh, you know, some of the 
the teams around here in the league that are being infected by this uh, COVID uh, crisis. I mean, how do you deliver a message to your team to say, guys, we really need to uh, own and be accountable here? I mean, first and foremost, you feel bad for the Canton kids and you know, and the program there because the last few years, I mean, they've been on a winning streak like crazy. I mean, really good football team, really good players there. So you kind of feel real bad for them. Um, with us, making sure that it, you know the same thing doesn't happen to us. You know, we just tell them to be diligent in school. You know, make sure their masks are on. You know, don't go places that they don't need to. And the message I tell them every single day in practice, every single day, is we can be shut down tomorrow. We can be shut down next week. So every game that you play, make it make it make it seem like it's your last game because there's no guarantee that we're gonna that we're gonna finish up our season this year all right so you know now let's uh focus on this 2-0 Rams team that you have of course uh, I think uh, you know a team that everybody knew had athletic talent I, I think uh, a lot of the uh, kind of intrigue heading into this season was how would Mitchell Burt progress as quarterback and so far this year he's really answered the toll as uh, he's had two really good games to uh, get this season started and uh, you guys just seem to really uh, have some trust and confidence in him yeah I mean honestly Mitchell Burke is, is I mean the plan for him was basically to play wide receiver I mean we had Shane Fury as our quarterback but he he had an injury um, early last year, Mitchell's our backup, and we just kind of rode him through the entire year and, and moved Shane Fury, a real good athlete out to receiver, um, knowing that we had Mitchell for another year because he was only a junior last year. But, I mean, Mitchell's smart kid, top 10 in his class, put on about 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason, works out constantly. I mean, he's just he's just one of those kids you have one, one every 10 years. He's just at practice every day, first one there, last one to leave. I mean, we have a lot of confidence in him. I mean, the offense is basically structured around him and his decision-making. Now, of course, you know, you can have a, a great quarterback, and, uh, you know, you definitely need to have somebody you trust under the helm, but every quarterback's got to have weapons around him. And, you know, as far as just kind of a uh, collection of talent between 1A, 1B, and 1C, I mean, yours is as good as any to have to game plan for when you look at uh, an Isaiah Way, who's kind of, you know, in his second year of growing as a varsity receiver, you've got to uh, Alex Mosier in the backfield and quite frankly I mean uh, you know top to bottom I mean other you know than uh, maybe a, a Shane Reed or uh, you know maybe a, a Damian Landon uh, a Kashawn Cameron who every time he touches the ball is uh, possibly good for six points in the league yeah I mean he's he's a he's a phenomenal athlete he, I mean he's a lot of the talent he has is God-given I mean he he, he works at it yes I mean he sees in the weight room every morning before school with you know a bunch of our players on but he's one of those kids that, I mean, he understands the offense. It's his, it's his second year in it now. He knows what he's doing. I mean, we want to get him the ball as much as possible, obviously, but we have a lot of other weapons around. I know besides Kishon, you know, Isaiah Way is only a second year, and he's still learning the game. I mean, he was, he's a phenomenal basketball player. You know, that, we're, we, that we we're lucky to have to get, and he's still growing. I mean, we have Nolan Oswald. We have we have two running backs in the backfield. We have Liam Franklin. We have Blake Morningstar. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of talent around him. And the only and, and the and the good thing is that none of the wide receivers graduate. We return everybody next season as well. This team just seems to you know have things going in the right direction for sure. Now let's uh, you know put the focus on what it is uh, Friday night. You know the Athens Wildcats coming to town. You've got uh, you know Athens one and zero. Unfortunately for them though, last week a, a potential uh, you know COVID precaution uh, leading to the cancellation with the game with Canton last Friday. So they are uh, a week healthy to uh, kind of mend some injuries. 
You guys, though, have been, uh, you know, kind of just cruising along here. You're 2-0 to start the year. I mean, uh, is there a, a little bit of concern knowing that, uh, you know, Athens kind of has a week to mend a little bit? Or are you pretty confident right now with your team knowing, you know, you've got some good momentum going here in the early going? I mean, for me, I mean, I, I feel confident about it. I mean, I, I, I'm actually glad that, that we had our game last week. I mean, because early in the year, I mean, you always deal with, with kids being out of shape and cramping. So us getting that game in, you know, helped us, you know, prepare physically, you know, for what we're going to see against Athens. I mean, really well-run program. I mean, Jack Young's been there for over 20 years. I mean, he was like as the big 33 coach, I mean, for a reason, because he knows what he's doing. He's a really great coach. I look up to him. I look up to that staff. I mean, they're disciplined. Athens, they're, they're tough mentally. They're tough physically. This is going to be a challenge for us. But, um, I mean, we have a lot of weapons. We have a lot of athletes we can rely on. You know, you talk about the athletes and such that uh, Athens has. Uh, I'm curious, you know, take me inside the uh, the defensive mindset this week. I mean, you see, uh, you know, a growing quarterback in Mason Lister for the Wildcats. Obviously, uh, you know, you've got uh, Rude on the outside as somebody you have to contend with. And, of course, you know, a Shane Reed who Athens likes to move around as well. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of emphasis and a lot of discipline has to be uh, ensured on the defensive side this week. Absolutely. I mean, Athens, um, they've given a little more formations this year than they have in the past from what I remember. You know, they were pretty traditional with going in, you know, their two-back set, and they would dab a little bit in, in some one-running back stuff, um, especially when they had Damian Hudson the last few years. But, um, I mean, they're, they're going to give about seven, eight formations, and they motion a little bit. So, I mean, that was a challenge for us to kind of figure out how we want to play them and kind of get the right matchups with our guys on defense as well. I mean, we switched our philosophy last year compared to this year. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but um, it's definitely a challenge that we're ready for. Okay, so, you know, let's uh, let's kind of turn the nod to, uh, you know, the, the defensive side of the ball. I mean, who are some guys out there who are, uh, you know, standing out, really making uh, some big plays here? Because, obviously, you know, your, your team's only surrendered 21 points here to uh, start the season. So, uh, let, let's give the defense some uh, some love here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we switched last year from a 3-3 from a to a 4-4 to a this year. I mean, we have... Um, all of our all of, all of our secondary guys, we have three juniors back there, so they all return as well. Isaiah Way's a corner. I mean, six three, he can run, he can catch. No one Oswald on the other side. He's another three year starter. Jake Bruin um, is our safety. I mean, he was all NCL last year. He had eight interceptions last year. He has two already this year. I mean, he's. I mean, he calls everything for us defensively. Um, we have all senior linebackers. So from a linebacker standpoint, all four of those guys are seniors. They know what they're doing. You know, they're fast and, you know, they run to the football well. Um, the big major adjustment that we made from last year to this year is we, we had a little more beef. We had a little more size up front on our defensive line, which kind of hurt us a little bit last year. Um, so we have two nice defensive tackles that are both sophomores that are going to be with us for the next for the next few years as well. Can never go wrong with a little bulk up front, that's for sure. If you can get uh, some defensive tackles in there, that'll definitely uh, help set the tone, that's for sure. But coaches, you uh, you know get ready for uh, you know the final preparations here uh, for Athens coming up this week, and of course you know as you look at the season beyond, uh, what do you see as the the critical points here for Wyoming to uh, continue this trend of good success here in the season? I mean, with us, the, the major thing that we're trying to preach as a coaching staff is, is making sure they're not getting complacent with things. I mean, 2 0 is a nice start. Plenty more games left in our season. We have to treat this game like we treated Tawanda. You know, we have to just, every week, we're, you know, we're 0 0. Like, it, it, we're not looking forward to Sam. We're not looking down the road. You know, it's often, you know, has our 100% full attention, and that's, that's really the only team that we care about right now. 
Now, of course, uh, you know, you speak along the complacency side of things. Uh, is there a part of you that is, you know, emphasizing to this team, you know what, guys, we know what it was like to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, along the bottom side of the records, you know, the last couple of years. Now we really have the potential to be something special here in this next year or two. I mean, is that uh, kind of a message, you know, that you uh, kind of deliver to the guys to make sure, you know, that they do stay focused and, uh, you know, keep their minds right for uh, this season and beyond? I mean, I, I mean, I tell them all the time. I mean, I absolutely, Shane. I mean, what I say is, like, I'm not interested in a football team. Like, I don't want to show up in, in August and then leave in, towards the end of October and, you know, see you guys. And this is a 12-month process for us. I mean, we have guys working out. We have guys checking films, you know, going to individual camps. I mean, like, we, we're trying to build, like, an actual program, you know, to kind of take Wild Lucy back to where it was, you know, in the heydays, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. That's where we want to be. So that's that's what we're working towards. That's you know that's our focus right now. All right. So uh, you know right now you've got the two and zero losing Rams ready for the uh, big showdown coming up uh, Friday night. The one thing that is absolutely awesome, I think, about this rivalry is the fact that uh, you know the the one factor is this always seems to be the game on the NTL slate that nobody can really prepare or predict for. You just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I talked to you know Jack Young a little bit a little bit about it last year. I mean, all my every single game that I've ever played against Athens was in that that's been five years has been decided by a touchdown or less every single game. Whether we had a lead, they had a lead, it doesn't matter. I mean, regardless what the records are, I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a close contest. Like I, I don't expect any team to to run away with this. I think it's going to be you know a four quarter game, a play here and there might decide it. But I mean, to me, it's just going to be one of those kind of old school. You know, bite down on your your mouthpiece a little bit harder type of game, and it's it's going to be. It's going to be fun. These are the kind of games you want to coach in. Coach Buckman, uh, again, congratulations to you and the Rams. A 2-0 start, a great way to get this season underway. And uh, hopefully, you know, things continue on in a good way. And uh, we'll uh, wish the best of luck to you and the Rams the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Good Rams. Don't forget the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton when you are looking for good eats this football season. Remember, you can dine in or carry out pizza, steaks, wings, the entire nine yards. Call 570-673-8777 for the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. All right, so you know what that means. It is now time to get into the Week 3 NTL football preview. Now, even though there are only three games on the Northern Tiers League slate that will be played up here in the Northern Tier uh, on Friday night, it still gives me good pleasure to welcome in from the Daily Review, Brian Fees. Haven't yet had an opportunity to catch up with him uh, about Northern Tier League football yet, so I figured this was the week that uh, would be a good time to uh, bring him in and uh, Brian as you know we were kind of joking uh, before we went on the air with this uh, it's been kind of a uh, long time since uh, we've even had the opportunity to converse. I know it's been a crazy few months here we haven't really had a whole lot of sports and it seems like uh, everything we are doing is trying to see who's actually playing that day in that week. That's very true but uh, you know as we have uh, told the listeners it is week three. We do have uh, three interesting matchups 
on the Northern Tier League slate this week. Uh, you know, I want to start with one that uh, I don't know why. I find this one very intriguing this week. I'm uh, kind of curious to see uh, the eyes at the Lockhart Street Bowl to see what comes out of this. Uh, you've got Sayre, you've got Kalineski Valley, and uh, you know, you've know you got uh, two, uh, I, I kind of feel like, unknown teams right now here in the early going, given the fact that you know Sayre's coming off the rusty rail defeat at the hands of Athens. But Kalineski Valley, even though at 0-2, I think they've played better than what people may have expected. Yeah, I mean, Kalineski Valley, you know, they put up some points last week against Wyalusing, and, uh, you know, they played well early in that game. And every coach I've talked to has said the same thing. You know, they have a lot of athletes. They have some athletes on offense especially. And they're a young team with a good young coach. And, uh, you know, I think they're a lot better than their record indicates. And then, like you said, it's a little unknown with Sayer because they had the bye last week. And, uh, you know, they dropped the opener and, uh, you know, are playing with their backup quarterback right now. You know, and it's really unfortunate, uh, you know, for uh, both Sayre and Canton, you know, to see uh, that that scrimmage, you know, kind of, uh, you know, left injuries on both sides. Obviously, you know, Canton, unfortunately, you know, lost Timmy Ward for the season. Uh, Sayre, though, you know, they didn't come uh, without big injuries as well as Braden Horton found himself being injured and now you know if you're coach Gorman and the Redskins you're kind of uh in a transition mode here with uh you know Lucas Horton trying to catch him up to speed and at the same time you know trying to figure out you know how you replace an athlete like Braden Horton yeah and the one other tough thing for Sayer is it's not just that you're trying to replace Braden and you've got a uh, Lucas a quarterback I think Lucas will be a good quarterback but now you got to replace Lucas, a receiver, and he was one of their best weapons on the outside. That's, uh, you know, another valid point as well. But, you know, I do want to flip the script a little bit here because, you know, you, you have uh, kind of an inside track with previews and such. I'm kind of on the, uh, you know, uh, catch-up mode here uh, with all of this. But uh, kind of cue me in here on Kalineski Valley. You know, I mean, obviously Coach Schmidt has kind of brought his own attitude to this program being the second-year head coach over there. But, uh, you know, after losing, uh, you know, a great quarterback like Seth Heiler from last year, uh, who were some kids with Kalineski Valley this year that have kind of uh, stood out here in the early going? I mean, Elliot Good is a really nice running back for them. He's going to kind of be the focus. And Pierre on offense, the thing for Kalineski Valley is, they're just trying to get better each week because they are so young. They only have two senior starters right now. They have also a lot of injuries with a couple of starters out right now. And, you know, but they are a very, very young team with a lot of young talent on there. I think that's really going to make, you know, for a pretty solid matchup here uh, this week, you know, given the fact that, you know, uh, Kalineski has proven, you know, that they can put up points this year. Uh, Sarah, you know, kind of, uh, you know, had a, a real struggle, I think, in that rusty rail game. I think, you know, if you're Coach Gorman, you've had these couple of weeks off. I think one thing you really need to stress is, guys, we can't afford to, uh, you know, let the referees have the uh, say in this game because that uh, rusty rail was really marred with a lot of penalties. I don't really think uh, either team that night got into any kind of rhythm. No, and I think both coaches in this game have said the same thing, that, you know, mistakes have cost them a lot. You know, Sayer... A lot of penalties the first game, a lot of mistakes. And then, you know, Kalineski Valley last week, turnovers really, you know, caused them. As uh, Coach Schmidt said, that was 28 points that they gave up just based on their own mistakes and their own turnovers last week. Man, I should make uh, for a great one coming up uh, at the Lockhart Street Bowl this week. Now, another good one, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, for the NTL is over at Island Park in Blossburg. The Troy Trojans, uh, 
one and one on the season, heading over to take on the North Penn Mansfield Panthers. Of course, they are going to have home field advantage for the first time this season. Will the Panthers? Troy, of course, heading on the road for the second straight week. But, uh, you know, a great win last week for Coach Dickinson and the Panthers, you know, given the fact that uh, their offseason was pretty much null and void. Yeah, I mean, they weren't even sure if they were going to start a season. They started a week later than everybody when they did. You know, they weren't sure what was going to happen this year. And then, you know, they got a late start to everything on top of that. And then they came out there and to beat a good Wellsboro team, and especially a team that was coming off of a week one game while North Penn kind of had to sit and watch. So now kind of, uh, you know, as I said earlier with, with Kalineski, do the same here for North Penn Mansfield. I mean, I know, you know, Litzelman returns as the signal caller. Noah Spencer's there, obviously, as one of their top athletes. Chaplowski's still up front, you know, kind of uh, helping out uh, to anchor the line. Uh, what are some, what's some other talent, I think, this year that might be uh, underrated for this North Penn Mansfield squad? You know, the one person that really made an impact last week that uh you know we've seen in the basketball season is brandon thompson the big huge center on the basketball team at liberty and the impact he was able to make last week with a couple big plays and i wouldn't be surprised to see them include him more i mean we're talking a six foot seven kid here that's a really big target for uh Litzman to throw to yeah you you can't uh there's two things in sports you can't teach you can't teach size and you can't teach speed. And, uh, you know, if you've got a six seven target, uh, as we've seen, you know, with uh, even professional teams, if you've got that kind of a height advantage, you're going to find a way to use it. So, yes, definitely uh, will not be shocked to see if uh, Coach Dickinson maybe has a couple of key plays drawn up for him coming up this week. But on the flip side, you know, you've got the Troy Trojans coming in one and one on the season, you know, dropping that heartbreaker in overtime to the Canton Warriors week one. Now they get ready for, uh, you know, their week three matchup after a win last week at Tawanda. Nice to see the Trojans kind of right the ship a little bit last week uh, with that 35 nothing win uh, over the Black Knights. But, uh, you know, with Troy, uh, it's an interesting uh, kind of new take here for the Trojans. I mean, you know, in, in week one, and I was talking with my broadcast partner, Bobby Baker, about this. You know, it seems like Troy has tried to open things up a little bit. And at the same time, I, I feel like they've, they've gotten away from the bread and butter, which was just the ground and pound, which has led to so much success. But, I mean, this year with so much offensive talent, you really can't blame them for trying to open up the playbook a little bit. No, they have a lot more talent this year, and they definitely were throwing the ball a lot more in week one, especially, you know, Don Mayers really did a nice job here on the ball off big plays in the passing game, and it is a big change. I mean, you know, Mason Imp joked before the season, and it's the same thing Troy joked last year. They have their three plays they like to run over and over and over again, but this season it definitely seems like they've got more than three plays they're throwing out there. Keep. You know, you make the mention of Mason Impt, and – I, I don't want to like reach out on that branch already too early, but is it safe to say, and I want your opinion on this for sure, can we without a doubt say top to bottom, even as a junior, that kid is the best lineman in the league, both sides of the ball? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that. I mean, uh, last year when we did our all-region team, his brother was our player of the year and Mason was our lineman of the year. I mean, he is... He was a monster as a sophomore, and he's even better now. I mean, as Mason told me before the season and as Jack told me last year, as Mason has the potential to go even further in football than his brother did because of his size. And, you know, we're talking uh, an older brother that is now playing Division I AA football. It's just absolutely crazy to see 
how dominant he's been the first two weeks. And I mean, when coaches watch him on film, I mean, they, they've got to start cringing knowing, okay, we've got to find a way to get not one, not two, maybe even somehow, maybe even three blockers with a running back chipping him, you know, to, to just to keep him away from the quarterback. When you're close to 300 pounds in his height, he's just becoming somebody that there's just no way to deal with. Like offenses don't know how to block him and, defenses you just can't get to the quarterback or the running back if they're running behind him that's for sure now of course you know you look at this matchup uh, on paper you've got North Penn uh, at home you've got the Trojans uh, coming in you know with a lot of experience I mean is is the upfront uh, you know kind of uh, addition of Mason Imp is that kind of the uh, the the weight that uh, you know kind of skews the scale in favor of the Trojans this week to go two and one I mean I think the the line is definitely a big factor and it's not just Mason I mean they have a really good line outside of, you know, Jack graduating last year, almost the whole rest of that line returns. And that's really tough to deal with. I mean, you have a really good line. You have Chase Robert at fullback, and then you have guys like Damian Landon and Binford running behind that. It's really hard to get your hands on a running back when you've got a big fullback and a big line in front of them. Our game of the week, which uh, actually uh, will be uh, covered this week, I will be heading to Peterson Stadium in Wyalusing. It's the Athens Wildcats making the trip over to take on the Wyalusing Rams. Brian, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, head coach Buckman earlier in the podcast, and uh, you know he's very excited about his Rams team. What is it uh, about Wyalusing that's really stood out to you here in the early going? I mean, the big thing you can't ignore is those athletes. I mean, uh, I had the chance to talk to a few of them for a story coming up on the athletes they have on offense. I mean, with Mitchell Burke at quarterback and Keyshawn Cameron and Isaiah Way at wide receiver and Alex Mosher at running back, they are just loaded with athletes and weapons on offense that is really hard for teams to match up with. You know, and it's curious uh, to me because, I mean, a lot of this talent was uh, still there last year, you know, and, and they even had Shane Fury on the outside uh, as well, you know, as they moved him from quarterback to receiver. Do you think this is just kind of the case of, you know, they, they just kind of needed uh, another year to grow together, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of, you know, the, the maturity of this team that's really helped uh, kind of bring them together this year? A lot of it was. You know, last year you had Isaiah Way, who was in his first year playing football. Kayshawn Cameron missed a lot of time last year with an injury. And it really took a little while for this team to really kind of grow and kind of get that chemistry together on offense. And then the other big thing is, you know, last year they struggled at times on defense. And so far this year, their defense has been a lot more solid than it was a year ago. I'm telling you, I'm curious to see uh, this game unfold. One, because, uh, you know, I've seen Athens on film. I have not yet seen them in person. But two, I don't know what it is, but these two teams get together and you just don't know exactly what it is you are in for. This this matchup somehow, some way, always seems to be kind of that uh, the dramatic uh, matchup of the season. Yeah, I mean, it definitely always seems to have some weird drama that you didn't expect in there in those games. And on top of that, both of these teams have high-powered offenses. I mean, why losing the athletes? And then you got somebody like Mason Lister at quarterback for Athens with Shane Reed behind him. I mean, these are two teams that are very capable of going out there and putting up 40 or 50 on any given night. Oh, I can't wait to see Kashawn Cameron on one side and Shane Reed on the other uh, over at Wyalusing. That's just got uh, the makings for a lot of great offense. And, of course, you know, like you said, you can't forget about, uh, you know, Isaiah Wade and also uh, Rude on the outside as well for, uh, you know, these two teams as well. I mean, great athletes all around. The quarterback matchup, though, to me, I think uh, speaks a lot of intrigue as well. You got Mason Liss 
sister, the sophomore, who, you know, took his lumps as a freshman. Looks like he's ready for a pretty poised sophomore campaign. And, of course, uh, Mitchell Burke here as well. So I think we've just got uh, a pretty even Steven matchup here this week. Yeah, I think we do. And uh, like you said, you have two very solid quarterbacks. And, you know, two of the guys that are capable of throwing for, you know, two or 300 yards in any in the NCL or in District 4 that could do that on any given week. And both of these guys are capable of doing that. Going to be an absolute uh, slugfest, I think. I expect the scoreboard uh, to light up a little bit here on, uh, you know, Friday night. Not just because, you know, we've got all these athletes on the field, but for some reason, these two teams get together and you're guaranteed at least 28 points out of each. I don't know why. It's just kind of the way it is. So, yes, that's uh, what we've got lined up for you here uh, Friday night. That'll be our Wiggle 100 game of the week. Tune in for that uh, on Wiggle 100. We'll be uh, on the air with that one coming up about uh, 640 on. Friday night so yes looking forward to that and of course uh, Brian uh, another great uh, insightful preview uh, done by you my friend as uh, you know we get ready to get into week three and uh, hopefully you know things stay healthy and uh, we'll be able to carry on into week four as uh, you know we get ready to advance on with this sports season all right well it's great to talk to you and yeah hopefully we get uh you know some weeks coming up here where we get everybody playing some football that's very true that's of course brian fees from the daily review remember you can see him on twitter at bd fees and of course uh, check out all the great happenings in the daily review sports page uh with brian and uh you know all the great things he puts out there so brian have yourself a uh, wonderful week and uh good luck uh, covering football this friday all right thanks shane same to you Always great to have the opportunity to catch up with Brian Fees along the sports season and a big thanks to him for taking some time for the week three football preview this week. Also, again, I want to thank head coach Jim Buckman from the Wyalusing Rams. Always great to sit down and talk football with him. And, of course, uh, great to have my uh, co-worker along, co-partner, co-host of the Northern Tier League Now podcast, Joe Carrion, a little bit earlier as well here in the podcast. But, of course, as we say, the NTL Now podcast is nothing without any of you fans out there. So, remember, get out there. Thank all the great sponsors who make this podcast possible. Possible. And of course, uh, remember uh, a big thank you to all of you as well. So remember, drop us some feedback on our social media pages, NTL Now Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and of course at NTL Now Pod on Twitter. So yes, looking forward to hearing some great reactions from all of you, whether it's good, whether it's bad, we never care. Just bring all of your uh, insights, maybe uh, you know some uh, information you'd like to have uh, known as well uh, out there in the sports world, you know, as far as fundraisers and stuff go. Regardless, let us know. We are all for it uh, here in the Northern Tier League. So I want to thank all of you again for tuning in to another great episode. This is Shane Wilber saying so long. I'll talk to you next week with more NTL Sports Knowledge this has been another production of the NTL Now podcast, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.